Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all are mighty chatty this morning. I like it. I like it. Man, I'm, I'm, I, feel like, I feel like some days are just marked and they're just different. Like today was just a different type of environment in worship. Am I right? Did anybody else feel that, sense that? And uh, it, honestly, like it makes me really, really eager uh, j- just for what the Lord might want to do in this, in this room today, right? Through the gospel, through teaching, through community, through prayer, through response. And so uh, this morning, but before we jump into it, I, I just want to spend a second just even recalling what it is that we're here to do. What we're here to do as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, right? Um, I, I, I love Sunday mornings because it's this one moment that we can come together and it's just this gigantic celebration of the goodness of God. This gigantic celebration where we come together as a community with our own stories, our own circumstances, the things we've gone through, the battles we've won, the battles we lost, there's a few of those too. But we come into this room and we bring our highest praise together as an offering of praise to Jesus together. And I, I really feel, I felt this this morning as we were singing that tag, um, I was just like, I was so pumped whenever Keith came up and had us do that because I was just like, I found myself just singing this line over and over, like just receive your glory, Jesus, receive your glory, Jesus. And I really feel this and I wanna celebrate you as a body, celebrate us as a body. The Lord was well praised today. He was well praised today. He inhabits the praises of his people. And I just, it's such an honor to get to worship him in an environment where, we, where everybody is united in faith bringing praise to Jesus. And this morning, I feel like we have done that well. I feel like we did that well this morning. So well done. And it's an honor to get to be here and an honor to get to speak with you guys um, and just share in community. Yeah? So, so good. Uh, well, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on humility. So super fun, right? Super fun. Uh, so what we're doing um, in Wednesday, uh, on Wednesday nights in Midland, is uh, Braden is actually going through all of our core values as a church um, in lieu of home churches just for this semester, just to kind of like get back to some of the things that make us us, things that we want our body to be marked by. And it has been a spectacular time of just like coming together for an hour and a half-ish teaching and just like really diving into some of the core values of RLC. And uh, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, uh, Braden actually talked about humility, which is one of our core values, which is super fun, super, super fun. Uh, because how many of you would attest to this? Like once you have language for something, once you have a language for, for like a season of your life, all of a sudden you just start identifying gaps in your life. It's like, well, okay, I was prideful there. Well, okay, I was prideful there. Well, okay, I was prideful there. And, and it's like once I was aware after this Wednesday night teaching of humility and how it needs to be a fixture, uh, not just an optional accessory, but actually a core value of my own personal DNA, I became really, really aware of some areas in my life that I have lacked humility. And it's super fun to realize how broken you are, right? That's Nobody loves, like, nobody loves that more than me, no. But it is, it is, because ultimately what we want to do is we want to refine ourselves, and we want to be refined by the word of God, and we want to be refined by one another so that ultimately what? We look more and more like Jesus. 
more and more like Jesus. I believe uh, it's, it's like whenever you get, a, you get a new car and then all of a sudden you start seeing your, your new car all over town. It's like, I was the only one in this entire city who had a purple F-250. And now everyone has a purple F-250. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's, that's what, it, what's, what it looks like whenever you encounter something that you know uh, needs to be a fixture in your life, such as humility. This is my prayer for you. I love you. All right, let me hear you. Like, I want you to hear me say that first. But my prayer is that after today, my hope is that after today, you identify areas in your life that potentially lack some humility. Because they're probably in there. Wives, if that's true, just start like elbowing your husbands. Like there's some gaps in our humility. Maybe there's a little, that way you actually did it. That was rude. No. (laughs) But that's ultimately what we're here to do, yeah? And so let's grow together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this time. I, 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 um, I just, I'm so overwhelmed in worship and in this time and in this space together. Lord, a spiritual family, as we, as we consecrate the next 30 minutes of our time just to be with you, Lord, your presence is absolutely everything. And so, Lord, thank you your presence is here. Thank you that you've met us here. And so, Lord, as we talk about humility, as we consent to allowing ourselves to be refined by the word of God and by community and by the teaching of the word, Lord, would you just meet us here? Would you just meet us in this place in an individual way? Yes, we are a body. Yes, we are sitting in rows looking at one person on a stage, sure. But Lord, you are a God who sees us as individuals. And so would you intersect us in our stories exactly where we are? Identify the areas where we need to grow. Identify the areas where we lack humility. And Father, our answer is yes. Come on, if you agree with that, would you just even say yes? Yes, our answer is yes, resoundingly yes, Father. That if you wanna say something to me, regardless if it hurts, regardless if I, if I think it's true in my life, if you say it, I will receive it as truth and I will take action to correct it. If you agree with that, say yes. Yes, Lord, is our answer. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> you said yes, all right? You said yes, so don't blame me. Well, we're gonna talk about cultivating humility this morning. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of a couple different things I've heard throughout the years about humility. And I'm going to read to you out of Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3, if you're following along. Numbers 12, 3. And then we're going to jump over to John chapter 20. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in Scripture this morning. Numbers 12, verse 3, and then John chapter 20. So this is Numbers 12, 3, living out of the, uh, reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Guess who wrote the book of Numbers? Moses. I love it. I absolutely love it. Moses was the most humble man on earth, more humble than any other people. Now let's read John chapter 20. I lo- this one's my favorite. I saw a meme about this. I spent a lot of time on memes on Instagram. I'm like a worthless Instagram person. All I do is watch reels and memes and share them with friends. That's, I don't post about my kids. I don't post about my family. I just watch memes. That's all I do. But I saw this on a meme the other day, and I absolutely loved it. John chapter 20, verse 3 through 4. This is, uh, uh, the book of John is, is popularly believed by theologians to have been written by John himself. And whenever we refer to the other disciple and this passage of Scripture, we are writing a about John. I think you see where this is going. 
John chapter 20, verse 3 and 4 in the New Living Translation says, Peter and the other disciple, that's John, started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Was that a critical detail? Like when you consider the grand scheme of things, was that a critical detail? John would say yes. If I'm being honest, I, I feel like that, that's, that's something I would do. Like th- how many other people, like you would want to point out that detail? I was way faster than that guy. Like Jesus, I beat him to the tomb. Like I was, I loved you way more than that guy. I, 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 I just absolutely love it. I think, um, I love that there's traces of comedy even through the gospel. It's this like living, it's this breathing word of God that we get to interact with and intersect with. And it's wonderful. Um, Mary, uh, Mary Webster, uh, Webster's dictionary defines humility as not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. I feel like there's a further definition required to define it through kingdom principles and values. So here's what I wrote to define humility. It's viewing oneself at an appropriately lower level than the others around you, regardless of cultural, social, or economic status, while maintaining confidence in who you are and who you are becoming. Let me read that one more time. I really want this to click. Viewing oneself at an appropriately lower level than the others around you, regardless of cultural, social, or economic status, while, this is critical, while maintaining confidence in who you are and, yes, who you are becoming. Morgan Snyder, um, the author of this book, Becoming a King, that I read some time ago, he says, take the lowest seat at the table until God makes it impossible for you to do so. Take the lowest seat at the table until God himself makes it impossible for you to do so. It's no secret that Western culture, regardless what stream, what industry uh, you find yourself in, we live in a society that promotes self-promotion. I'm the self-made man. I started from the bottom. Now we hear started from, like, we, we live in this society that really promotes this self-made man, this grind, this zeal, this passion. I did it myself, and I would present to you that kingdom principles and values say stop promoting yourself, take the lowest seat at the table, and allow the Father to promote you in due time. Allow the Father to promote you in due time. What you build by yourself, you must sustain by yourself. But what you allow the Father to build and cultivate inside of you, he, in fact, will continue to sustain you in that. I don't want to ever be found in a situation where I'm standing on an empire that I built by myself. Furthermore, I never want to claim that I've got the power to build anything at all. Outside of the Father, his grace, and his provision, I have nothing and I am nothing. It is because of him, it is because of Jesus' blood, it is because of his sacrifice that I am who I am today. Now, here's the tension to be held there. I'm proud of who I am today. I'm proud of what the Father has grown me to be. I'm proud of the dad that I am. I'm proud of the man that I am. I'm proud of the husband I am. I'm proud of the, of, of the friend that I am. But it's because of what he's done in my life that I am who I am today. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Are you perfect? Probably not. It's safe to say probably not. Probably not. So the intention 
is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. The goal of humility is not to think less of yourself. The Father made you unique. He made you special. Not so that you could self-loathe and covet your neighbor and wish you were different and sit in shame of like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. This five out of seven days that Keith mentioned, I should be reading my, my Bible five out of seven. Like He didn't create you so you could sit in this puddle of shame and think about the things you should be or you wish you were. No, he created you unique. He created you special. And that's something to be proud of. Yet it's still a process of refinement that we find ourselves in. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. The beauty of this lowest seat at the table principle is this. I believe you will never arrive at a place where you get to sit at the head of the table forevermore. I believe that at every transition, when the Father makes it impossible for you to sit at the lowest seat at the table that you are currently at, you will be promoted to the next table and guess where your seat is? Lowest seat at the table. Whenever the Father makes it impossible for you to sit at the lowest seat of that table and you find yourself at the head, guess what happens? Your next promotion comes. Lowest seat at the table. This is an awkward position. I didn't see myself getting here today. <coughs> lowest seat at the table. Lowest seat at the table. I want to be, be the smallest fish in the biggest pond. And the reason is this, when I'm out of my league, when I'm called to lead people who actually are more qualified than me, who are better vocalists than me, who are better teachers than me, who are better financially than me, they know what, they know what IRA is, I don't know. Like Whenever I find myself in proximity and in community with people that are better than me, guess what happens inside of me? I am refined by the, pre, the people around me. And also, guess what happens? I can't depend on my own talent. I can't depend on my own ability. It forces this cultivation of faith that says, I'm not going to build it because I don't want to sustain it. I want you to build me and sustain me. And that comes from sitting at the lowest seat at the table over and over and over and over again. It's countercultural and it's painful. And it's going to be awkward whenever you walk back into the office where you once led with authority and you were a dictator and people listen to what you say. Yet for some reason you find yourself sitting not at the head of the table, but you sit at the long conference table and you sit on the side of it and you just let other people talk. And instead of bringing a pen and an iPad to a meeting, you bring a, a pink marker and a highlighter to a meeting. Why? To put yourself in a situation where you're extremely uncomfortable so that the Father can cultivate and refine something in you and out of you. I believe that he's stretching us. Humility is stretching. Pride is easy. I could stand here and talk about all the good things I've done. All the good, and this is where a lot of people live. Talk about all the good things I've done. All the victories that I've won. All the fish that I've caught. All the Cowboys games I've been to in that suite. <laughs> Come on, it's what we do. How good my, my sourdough loaf is. I don't know. I'd make a better cookie than you. I don't know. Think about it. This is where we live. As if it's endearing to the people around us. The truth is this. Nobody cares. 
What I care about is the growth process that you're in. I don't want to be around you because of the things you can do or the things that you've done. I want to be around you so I can see God in you. This is what humility is. I talk a lot. A lot. I was just in a car for four hours with three other guys driving back from Mayhill, New Mexico after a fishing trip yesterday. I got tired of my own voice. I'm serious. If you know me, you're like, you do talk a lot. I'm preaching myself, okay? Your voice should not always be the loudest in the room. Your voice should not always be the most heard in the room. There's a reason that the gospels are named after disciples of Jesus. That the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's not called Jesus 1, Jesus 2, Jesus 3, Jesus 4. He trusted these men. He wanted to hear the voice of these men. He knew that these men who were imperfect, made mistakes, still had something to contribute to society for the rest of time. Does that make sense? He loves you. He trusts you. And your voice matters. And Jesus understood that if it was just his voice, through his filter, through his vantage point, at all times, it would actually be lacking. So what did he do? He became a man, and he entrusted people to tell his story. And you have been entrusted with the same power. Now I'm going to start my message. I don't know. Man. Humility is having more questions and fewer answers. Humility is thinking of others before you think of yourself. Humility is being grateful and not entitled. Humility is trusting that you don't know it all. Humility is trusting the Lord's timing. Humility is trusting that you are in fact being led at every single stage of life. And maybe you're not always just leading Maybe you're actually being led. And maybe you just need to get really comfortable with being led. I've heard it said, leaders lead. I believe that. But I also believe that leaders follow. I believe that leaders listen. I believe that leaders serve. Humility is having confidence that you are right while maintaining the heart posture that you could be wrong. This is going to be some uh, lunchtime conversations for some husband and wives. I'll tell you right now. (laughs) Humility is weighing the impact of your words before you say them. Health does not exist in the absence of humility. Health does not exist in the absence of humility. Uh, I'm going to talk about some markers of humility. Uh, Let's read it in James chapter 1. I'm going to stay in the New Living Translation if you want to flip there. James chapter 1, we'll read uh, verse 8. We're going to discuss a principle that you might be familiar with. Uh, And this principle is slow to speak, quick to listen. Slow to speak, quick to listen. James chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. It says, he chose to get, I'm sorry, verse 18, I believe. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. What verse is this? 18. Okay, I said 8. It's verse 18. Sorry. I wrote this down on my iPad, okay? This is why people should use real Bibles, okay? Okay. Not like us millennials that use these. (laughs) 
James chapter one, verse eight. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. If you listen quicker, you talk slower. If you listen quicker, you talk slower. My wife embodies this very, very well, I feel. Um, is anyone else an internal processor? Okay. How many external processors? Okay. We're the ones the internal processors get mad at all the time. <laughs> my, uh, my wife embodies this really, really well. She uh, will be laying at bed tonight, you know, pillow talk. We're chatting about the days. We're chatting about future. We're talking about, we're in the process of trying to buy a house here. So we're like, <laughs> it's always conversation, like always conversation. And so I'll mention something to her or I'll ask her a question and then I hear this. Now, I know, remember I said I talk a lot, okay? So my thought process, if we sit in silence for any longer than about 10 or 15 seconds, I'm like, she fell asleep on me. <laughs> I like lean up in bed, I'm like looking at her, and she's like, what? I'm like, I asked you a question. She's like, I know, I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I fall asleep waiting for an answer. <laughs> that one struck a chord. Y'all felt that. She gets so contemplative. But here's the beauty of slow to speak, quick to listen. Slow to speak, quick to listen is this. I, whenever I allow space and I allow time before I say words, I'm actually putting into effect the belief system that my words actually matter. Your words actually matter. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 it says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. External processors. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I'm not trying to beat you down. I, in fact, am an external processor. But I also have to use caution and the words that I'm using and make sure that I am using, uh, that, I am, that I'm wielding my sword appropriately and with health. Wield your sword, which is your tongue, appropriately and properly as to add strength to the people around you. Does this sound like you or someone you know? Well, he doesn't mean that. He's just upset. Well, you know, you know how he gets. You know how, you know how he gets whenever he gets angry. Or, yeah, she says that, but you have to take about 10% of it and throw it out the window because she's, she just says things she doesn't mean. Come on, I want you to be really, really honest with yourself. I want you to be really, really honest with your community. Your words matter and they should be treated as such. If people are having to come behind you and clean up the mess that your mouth has made, you should evaluate something. Your words matter. Your words matter. This is not my words. This is the word of the Lord, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or it can bring life. There's no in between. It can bring death or it can bring life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. 
Humility listens quicker and it talks slower. The second marker of humility is quick to forgive. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 in the message translation. I I love the way... um, I love the way this, this says this. It says, So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place. <laughs> Quick to forgive an offense. And get this, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put in, put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment and never be without it. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Think about this, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you quickly, completely. See, the enemy trembles and the father rejoices, rejoices at the thought of forgiveness. I've, I, man, I've seen this, you've seen this, we've seen this. I've seen families torn apart for decades because of unforgiveness. I've seen people leave churches because of unforgiveness. Come on, he's coming back for a spotless bride. He's coming back for a purified and spotless bride. That is you, ladies and gentlemen. That is me. I refuse to let unforgiveness stand in the path of the father coming back for a spotless bride. Forgive quickly and forgive completely. Forgiveness was the crescendo of Jesus' life for us. It was, it was, the, it was the climax of Jesus' life and, in fact, his death for us. I want to take you, uh, just recall with me Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. I just want you to imagine this moment. This is after he has walked the road carrying his cross. He has been beaten on the whipping post. Mind you, remember whose sins he is being beaten for. Come on, think about this. Whose sins was he being mutilated for, ripped apart, torn open, sweat, blood, all of it for you and for me, for our sins. And there's this moment where he hangs on a cross Nails through his hands, nails through his feet. And as he pours blood, with all of the dictionary at his disposal, with 33 years of masculine initiation and following in his father's footsteps, doing purely and wholeheartedly, exclusively what the father told him to do, living a wholehearted life, the only perfect man who has ever lived on this earth. He's got the entire dictionary at his disposal. And what words does he choose to say? He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 12 verses later, he gives up his life. I want you to think about the significance of this moment. He could have taken this time to commission mankind to do anything And what he chose was forgiveness. What he chose 
and his death was forgiveness. How dare we think what was done to us is too egregious or too massive for us to forgive. It was never about your deservingness. It was always about his willingness. And the same is true for your story. Now hear me, I, like, I know this is intense. I know this is strong, but it's worth it. Humility forgives quickly and completely. I've got so much empathy for your story without even knowing it. I, and it's important that you hear this. I, I refuse to downplay the trauma that many of you have experienced or in fact are experiencing. I will not do, I will not downplay it. I would never do that. But the commission is the same. Forgive. Forgive. Forgive that dad who didn't raise you the right way and was never home. Left you to figure it out for yourself. Forgive that employer who wrongfully terminated you. With no stipend, no pay, no severance, you're just gone. Forgive that spouse who did the thing that they swore they would never do in their vows. Come on, it's worth it. He's coming back for a spotless bride. Come when you've tasted grace, when you've experienced the Father's heart for you, there's no other path but humility. There's no other option. Where else would I go, Jesus? You have the words of life. So what do you say to do? Forgive, forgive. Yeah, but, but you just don't understand what they did. I know, I know, son. Forgive. Yeah, but if I forgive them, that makes them, it makes them right. Forgive. But what if I look weak in the eyes of men? They're never gonna respect me the same way you don't understand. Forgive. Yeah, but we've been down this road and not forgiven before and they just always just do it again. It's not even worth it. Forgive, forgive. Come on, his word's not changing. His character's not changing. His intentions aren't changing. The end of the story is not changing. He's coming back for a spotless bride. Forgive, please forgive. Forgive. slow to speak, quick to listen, and quick to forgive fully. There's some results that come with humility. And I want to read to you out of James chapter 4. When you're there, say amen. James chapter 4, verse 6 through 10. 
We're back in the New Living Translation here. It says, and he gives grace generously. Generously he gives grace. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to who? To the humble. That's one. You stay humble, you get grace. So humble yourselves before God. This is two. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is the third. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Come on, this is rich. This is rich. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Come on, this is what Keith was talking about when he stepped up and he ministered. This is what repentance is. I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm going to turn around with sorrow and neglecting what I have done. And I'm coming to the Father. This is what repentance is. And this is the last one. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. <clears throat> Come on, humility is sounding better and better, isn't it? Ain't it? Humility is sounding better and better, ain't it? You get grace. Humility gets grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. I see more time in the day you find yourself saying things along the lines of, I wish I had a third arm. I wish I had two brains. There's just not enough time in the day. Yeah, there is. You just need some humility. You just need grace. I get it. I'm busy. <laughs> You're busy. God built 24 hours in the day, though. Wee. You get grace. Humility gets grace. Grace is a gift from the Father. He will bless your time. He will anoint your time. You'll find yourself twiddling your thumbs by four o'clock wondering, what am I gonna do? Go home and kiss your wife. Go home and hug your kids. Come on, humility cultivates grace. It's not anything you do. You say, Lord, I wanna be humble. He says, boom, grace. That's what Keith said this morning in pre-service. He said, boom, it's like this guy, boom, grace. Second thing, you get authority over the enemy. I really felt strong this morning. And we'll, we'll camp here. Yeah. I've really felt strong this morning on this one that um, for those of you who are dealing with sin issues, we've addressed this in ministry time and it was a powerful time. And I believe the Lord has set you free. I believe there is this moment where there's this about face. All right, I'm done with this sin. I'm coming on over here. But if, you're, if you have struggled with sin issues, if you're in and out of sin, if temptation has locked you up tight, humility is the way forward. Scripture tells us in James chapter 4, verse 7, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Through humility. Violently, you tell the enemy, you cannot have control over me. 
and in humility, you address the Father. I really need your help. And what happens? It says he will flee from you. Not leave you alone for a little while. Not lighten the blow and just pester you a little bit here and there. It says he will flee from you. Come on, humility is the way forward. Nearness with the Father. The knowledge of his nearness. honor you get honor come on you're going to be lifted up among men you're going to be lifted up in your place of employment this this is the word when you're humble you get honor why because you're choosing not to build it yourself so you ain't got to sustain it yourself but you humbly submit your life before the Lord and you say, hey, wherever you're going, I'm going. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. Whatever you say, that's what I'm gonna do. When you submit yourself before the Lord in humility, you get honor. Just watch it happen. Watch it happen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.